0: Good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Wednesday. This is Seattle Now. Around here, when you think forest, you think towering evergreen trees. But turns out an equally important forest sits within Puget Sound. The state's kelp forests play a critical role supporting fish and sea life in the Northwest. But they've been on the decline for the past 10 years. Correspondent Tom Bonzi from the Northwest News Network is here to talk about how the state is working to restore kelp and eelgrass along the coastline. But first, let's get you caught up. As downtown Seattle tries to rebound after the pandemic, King County Executive Dow Constantine says a dramatic makeover could be in store for a multi-block swath of county buildings. During his State of the County address yesterday, Constantine proposed developing a civic campus on the county-owned property near Pioneer Square. It includes the county jail, courthouse, and administrative buildings. Constantine envisions a redesigned zone where people can live, work, and visit. It's a big idea with no specific timeline or cost estimate attached to it yet, but the county executive wants to get started on planning it as soon as possible. Facebook parent company Meta is prepping for thousands of layoffs that Bloomberg reports could be coming as soon as this week. CEO Mark Zuckerberg called 2023 a year of efficiency for the company. He told analysts in February that Meta is focused on cutting projects that aren't performing or may no longer be crucial. No word on how Meta's Washington-based employees could fare, but back in November, the company laid off 726 employees in Seattle and Bellevue when it cut 13% of its staff. And before we start the show, let's talk money. We are a public radio podcast, which means everything we do is funded by you. Listener donations and community support. It's 92% of the show's funding. That means, without your help, Seattle Now episodes would be 1 minute and 12 seconds long. So if you value starting your day with us, support the show. You can pick how much you want to give even a few bucks a month makes a difference there's a link to donate in the show notes and thanks you've probably seen the giant rubbery coils on the beach they look almost otherworldly we are talking about kelp the algae is part of the marine ecosystem in puget sound and it's been on the decline on the west coast for almost a decade Washington State passed a new bill to help protect and cultivate kelp and eelgrass in Puget Sound and on the state's coastline. Correspondent Tom Bonsey from the Northwest News Network is here to give us an update on the health of Washington's kelp forests and what's being done to conserve them. Tom, really appreciate you being here. Thank you for taking the time.
1: You're welcome. Glad to be here.
0: So, Tom, when I look out at Puget Sound and see the expanse of water, just underneath the surface is this giant forest of kelp. But it is really easy to forget there's an entire universe under there. Why is kelp so important?
1: What well, is interesting to me that a lot of folks around here get it in our different ways. In my case, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, fishing for rockfish in, near Friday Harbor, you cast the line near the kelp bed because that's where the fish were hanging out. So kelp forests are pretty much a foundational element of the marine food web around here and are up and down the West Coast. They're important for lots of reasons, starting with their role as habitat for critters, like the rockfish I was trying to catch decades ago. Oregon State University marine biologist and a leader of the Oregon Kelp Alliance, Sarah Gravam, told us that underwater kelp forests can be compared to the treasured ancient forests on land that a lot of folks here fight so passionately to preserve.
0: It is a forest. Uh, We like to say in Arca that kelp are the trees of the sea, Um, and in some ways they're even better than trees because while they make big forests that all sorts of things use to live in, they're also edible. Fascinating, Tom. And you know, Unfortunately, scientists have been documenting a decline in our kelp forests here on the West Coast, particularly in the last 10 years. Let's talk about what we've been seeing in the Northwest and in Puget Sound.
1: Yeah, so mapping where the kelp is holding on and where it's in decline or is just completely gone is a priority for a number of government agencies this year, including our Washington Department of Natural Resources, and one little tangent on this is that researchers have a good idea of where kelp beds existed historically in Puget Sound, going back to the mid-1800s, because thick kelp beds were marked on old marine charts. And so from that and, and from more recent research, we know there have been steep losses, particularly in bull kelp, which is the one that makes the, those great forests in Puget Sound, losses in South Puget Sound particular. There's been uh, observed declines around Bainbridge Island and the Kitsap Peninsula and up to uh, Camino Island Way. And uh, fortunately, the kelp canopy looks generally stable in the Strait of Juan de Fuca, and it's holding on good on the Olympic Coast. But then when you start going south, there are big losses along the Oregon coast and down through northern California.
0: Do we have any idea how much of the kelp forest has been depleted?
1: It's, you know, in, in Puget Sound, the majority. And Oregon Coast, Northern California, big, big losses. And then, you know, up in healthy areas, it it looks like it's been for decades. Uh, So like Olympic National Park coastline looks real good.
0: So, Tom, let's talk about some of the causes for the decline.
1: Yeah, kelp are being stressed from many directions, unfortunately. And so we know that what kelp need is cold, clear water. So climate change is certainly a long-term threat for that. More immediately, it's just marine heat waves and extreme summer temperatures that come and go. Those are suspected to lead to kelp die-offs. Other human-caused problems are water pollution, uh, sediment runoff, for example, from logging development that makes Puget Sound muddy or or prompts algal blooms, both of which block sunlight. And as you know, kelp is a plant uh, in a way a seaweed, so it needs sun to grow. And finally, there's the problem of uh, predation of kelp by purple sea urchins, and that's been a primary cause of of what's wiping out kelp beds along the Oregon and northern California coasts, for one.
0: You know, some of our lawmakers in Washington appear to appreciate this problem, Tom. There is a new bill which actually requires the Department of Natural Resources to protect and restore at least 10,000 acres of kelp and eelgrass by 2040. Let's talk about who's working on this and how they're trying to meet this goal.
1: Well, there are a lot of actors working on this, including the government or quasi-government bodies, including the Northwest Straits Commission, Puget Sound Restoration Fund, which is a Bainbridge Island nonprofit, has has a big hand in this. Locally around Elliott Bay, it's the Seattle Aquarium teaming up with the Port of Seattle. And and there are a number of different ways you can, you can try and bring back kelp. and and the best one being dictated uh, very much by site conditions at each particular place. Option one probably will work best in Puget Sound is transplanting or uh, what the the scientists usually call outplanting of baby kelp. So it's a little bit like planting a crop. So there's a kelp lab at the NOAA Research Station in Manchester right by the Southworth Ferry Dock in Kitsap County, and they're growing baby kelp there in tanks. And then... Putting, embedding them into string to put on the seafloor. And and one of the places they'll, they're trying this kelp uh, restoration first, of all places, is Elliott Bay. Industrial port, busy, built up with houses on all sides, uh, but the Port of Seattle and Aquarium teamed up at a couple different places around the bay to try restoring kelp. And the port's senior environmental manager, Kathleen Hurley, told me about an initial t- attempt which involved dropping concrete pyramids on the bottom of Smith Cove.
0: Wound with twine that were seeded basically with kelp spores. And those grew for a little while. But then we suspect that the kelp crab really enjoyed eating those tender young kelp fronds.
1: So that leads to a second strategy to bring back kelp, uh, which is to perhaps control the predators eating the kelp. Uh, And in the case of Elliott Bay with the kelp crabs munching all that delicious baby kelp. Mm -hmm. Uh, Port is putting octopus houses on the seafloor now of the bay to bring in more octopus, hopefully that prey on kelp crabs. So it's kind of an ecological cascade you're trying to interrupt. And and on the Oregon coast, it's a different predator that's disappeared, Uh, the sunflower sea star, which kept sea urchins in check. Uh, which munch on kelp. Uh, they love tasty, tasty kelp. But this starfish wasting disease uh, has pretty yeah. much wiped out sunflower sea stars, which are you know, d- beautiful dinner plate-sized uh, yellow or orange, both in Washington and Oregon. And now the purple sea urch- urchins are going wild and kelp are paying price.
0: Okay, so the sunflower sea stars are disappearing and they eat the sea urchins. Now the sea urchins are eating all the kelp. So what are some of the ways to restore balance here? Sure.
1: Long term, maybe if the predators on the sea urchins could be brought back, nature could self-correct this, mm. the problem being the disappearance of the, the sea stars that we mentioned earlier over the past decade, and leading to what are called urchin barrens even, which you can picture instead of healthy underwater forest with giant kelp and bull kelp, you, you just have a carpet of um, measly, spindly-looking purple sea urchins now if you're a diver going down, particularly on the Oregon and Northern California coasts. But it's going to take a while. The starfish disease is still out there uh, preventing the rebound of the sunflower sea star. So the Oregon Kelp Alliance is organizing teams of volunteer divers to go on the seafloor with hammers and just Mm -hmm. smash sea urchins, go wild. And they started this last year, and a couple places, there. I mean, they are just you know millions of sea urchins, so human divers with hammers aren't going to solve this problem. But they can make little oases, perhaps, uh, uh, without the um, sea urchins to make kind of places where the kelp can spread out from eventually uh, and repopulate is the idea.
0: I hate the visual on that, Tom, but I do understand what they're trying to do. You know, Tom... It's been traditionally harvested by some of the tribes. What is their involvement here?
1: I went to a conference beginning of the winter by Washington Sea Grant here in Lacey uh, for prospective kelp farmers, and there was tribal interest. Uh, the tribes already mm-hmm. have big aquaculture operations, in many cases for shellfish, so it's not a big leap uh, to expand into
0: kelp. All right, well, there's a new bill that aims to restore 10,000 acres of kelp and eelgrass. Conservation efforts and farming are part of that. What are the experts saying about meeting the state's goal?
1: Well, the goal the legislature passed is, uh, as you mentioned at the top, to restore 10,000 acres of kelp forest in eelgrass meadows. But they're giving themselves a lot of time. The the, uh, target date is 2040. and, And that's in part that there are a lot of unknowns here. There's ambition. Kathleen Hurley from the Port of Seattle said, kelp is having a moment right now. <laughs> you know, there's mapping to be done, figuring out where where exactly is the kelp gone, where it should be. And so a lot of the basic science is still being done. It's still ramping up. We don't really have the large uh, aquaculture operations in the water yet, uh, but as we said, those are coming I think it's going to be a little while before you, you see kelp rebound to maybe, if you're an old-timer on Puget Sound, from what you remember from your youth.
0: Very interesting, Tom. I really appreciate your reporting on this. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Tom Bonsi is a correspondent with the Northwest News Network. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, Brandy Fullwood, Brooklyn Jamerson Flowers, and Vaughn Jones. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.